red gliding baseball rag. See the pitcher throw and strike him out. You got him going. Oh, oh. That gliding baseball drag. Don't you be a quitter. Show him you're a heavy hitter. Some classy curve the pitcher twirling. Go on, kids. Spin without a whirling. Hey, soak it out. Soak it out. Make a home run. Ball. Strike. Safe hit. First base. Make second. You're a bird. Keep it going, sonny. Make me win a lot of money. Don't stop until you're touching third. You're a holy terror. Center fielder made an error. Slide, slide. You made a good beginning, for you know that your team always makes a winning when you play ball and sing that baseball rag. Welcome to the Friday, September 22nd edition of Free Baseball, the podcast willing to go into extra innings and walk the extra mile to bring you the best in observation, insight, and analysis of our national pastime. I'm your host, Robert Cadera. This week, we will be following up on our study of the September pennant races, reviewing the action from the past week, where things stand. Everything seems to be shaking out now, except for the National and American League wildcard spots two and three. We'll give you the latest on all of that. In our Unsung Heroes segment this week, we will introduce you to Mo Berg, the most unusual player in Major League Baseball history, the only catcher to be fluent in seven languages, and as one teammate said, Mo couldn't hit in any of them. We'll also have the answer to the trivia question from our last show and a new one to stump you for next week. So without further delay, take it away, Jane. We have 10 days left in the 2023 season, and three of the six divisions have been decided, with two more to be decided perhaps as early as tonight. Only the American League West is really up for grabs, along, of course, with the wild cards for both the American League and the National League. This past week, the Baltimore Orioles clinched a postseason berth for the first time since 2016, the Tampa Bay Rays are going to the postseason for the fifth year in a row. As we speak, one and a half games separate them from the American League East Championship, so that will be decided perhaps this week, perhaps next weekend, we'll have to see. In the American League Central, the magic number for the Minnesota Twins to clinch the division is down to one, and the Twins will be division champs, I think, without any hesitation. They will probably have the worst record of any American League divisional champion, so they will play the third wildcard team in the first round of the playoffs. The most interesting race is in the American League West, we have three teams, the Houston Astros, Texas Rangers, and the Seattle Mariners, 
within one half game of the divisional lead, two of those teams will make it into the postseason. One will go home empty-handed. During the past week, the Rangers, who had been lagging just a bit, won six out of ten games, while the Astros stumbled, losing six out of their ten. That allowed the Rangers, really, to claw back into the race, and I think this is going to go right down to the wire. This division probably will not be settled until the last day of the season. Mark my words. In the National League, what can you say? The Atlanta Braves are the class of baseball. They've uh, eased up on the pedal a little bit. They haven't been playing quite as sharply this week. But if you watch the Braves, you know that Ronald Acuna is about to do something that has never been done before in the history of baseball, and that he's had with season winner. He hits 40 home runs and steals 70 bases. He's one away in each category right now, so I think that's a done deal. The Philadelphia Phillies in the National League East are playing very good baseball right now. They appear to have a wild card spot locked up. They will be the number one seed wild card from the National League. Over in the National League Central, the Milwaukee Brewers have risen to the top with excellent play over the last couple of weeks. I know I've disparaged them occasionally on this show, but they've won seven out of 10 this week. They are first in the majors in ERA as a team. Their rotation in the last month has a collective earned run average of 2.5. Their bullpen has been excellent. Their defense is the second rated in run prevention in all of baseball. And unlike previous Brewer teams, this one seems to hit pretty well all of a sudden. And Hats off to GM Arnold for picking up Carlos Santana, Mark Canna, and Josh Donaldson at the trade deadline. Each of those three veterans has contributed down the stretch. Also hats off to rookie center fielder Sal Frelick, who came up recently, about a month ago. He's hitting about 275 right now, drawing walks, getting on base, stealing bases, scoring runs, and playing an outstanding center field. So this is a team that appears to be peaking as we go into the postseason. They could be dangerous. Moving on to the National League West, it's really all Dodgers at this point. The boys from L.A. continue to play excellent baseball. They won seven out of their last ten. They've clinched the division. The only question is whether they or the Atlanta Braves will have the number one seed in the postseason. The Arizona Diamondbacks were the other development this week. The D-backs had kind of been counted out, a young team not quite there yet, but they've turned around and won five games in a row. They are in the driver's seat as far as collecting a wild card berth from the National League. The Phillies will be in for sure as the top-seeded wild card, but right now the Arizona Diamondbacks are the next best wild card team in the National League. The Phillies have a five-game lead on the first wild card spot. Because of their play this week, the D-backs have a two-game lead on both the Miami Marlins, the Chicago Cubs, and the Cincinnati Reds for the third and final spot. Now the D-backs 
have a tough schedule. They've got more road games to play. They only have one series left at home. But there are two games up in the loss column on the Marlins and Cubs and three on the Reds. Depending upon what those teams do, Marlins, Cubs, and Reds, most likely only one of those teams will make it into the postseason. The Cubs have lost seven of their last ten, and even though they lead that division in runs scored, they just seem to be running out of gas a little bit. The Reds, I think, are too young. I wouldn't be surprised if the Marlins, whom I know I and many others had counted for dead, might just sneak in and nab that third wild card spot. In any case, whoever wins that third spot will be facing the Milwaukee Brewers in the first round of the playoffs of best of three series. We'll be back next week and take a final look at the postseason. Our show usually runs on Fridays. If things are still up in the air going into the last weekend, we will hold off and do our final broadcast of the regular season a week from Monday so that we can be absolutely accurate not only about the divisional winners and the wildcard teams, but also the postseason matchups. Today's unsung hero played 663 Major League games over a 15-year career. That's an average of less than 44 games a year. In all those games, he hit only six home runs. His best offensive year was 1935 when he hit 286 with two home runs and 12 runs batted in in 38 games. His OPS plus for his entire career was only 49, which means offensively he was 51% below average. He never played in the postseason. He never made an all-star team. So what makes Moberg so special? Well, Moberg was an enigma. He's been called a human Swiss army knife and an international man of mystery. He was a lawyer, he spoke seven languages, and he served as a spy for the United States government during World War II. Born in Newark, New Jersey, Berg started playing baseball at the age of seven. He later played ball at New York University and later at Princeton University, where his curricular interests began to take form. Upon graduation from Princeton, he signed a $5,000 contract with the Brooklyn Dodgers. He was known then as the brainiest guy in baseball, but he was no superstar. On the field, he was a good defensive catcher, kind of your typical backup catcher, and he had good baseball knowledge. He called a good game. He handled the staff well, but he just couldn't hit. In the first half of his career, Berg split time playing baseball and attending Columbia Law School in New York. When he graduated from Columbia in 1930, he got a full-time job at a law firm while still playing Major League Baseball. In his 15 years as a pro, 
Berg played more than 76 games in a season only once. He was a Renaissance man, but Moberg was also uniquely eccentric. Every day before the game, Berg would read 10 newspapers a day in the clubhouse, and he wouldn't let anyone touch his newspapers until he'd finished reading them all. So Berg was a little weird, but everybody seemed to love him. Hall of Famer Casey Stengel once called Berg the strangest fella who ever put on a uniform. I don't know, Casey, ought to look in the mirror. Berg left baseball in 1939 at the age of 37. He became a paramilitary officer for the OSS, our predecessor to the CIA. Berg traveled to Yugoslavia, Italy, and Germany, making crucial discoveries under immense danger as a foreign Jewish celebrity. He famously also kept tabs on Germany's nuclear development program. Moberg lived a life of mystery, and his legacy now is of one of America's greatest patriots rather than ballplayers. He was the first major league ballplayer awarded the Presidential Medal of Freedom in 1946 for his espionage. Through it all, his love for baseball never faded. Reflecting on his complex life, Berg said, Maybe I'm not in Cooperstown like so many of my baseball buddies, but I'm happy I had the chance to play pro ball, and I am especially proud of my contributions to my country. Perhaps I couldn't hit like Babe Ruth, but I spoke more languages than he did. So free baseball offers a tip of the hat to Mo Berg, Major League Baseball player, scholar, spy, and American patriot. That fanfare, of course, means it's trivia time here at Free Baseball. Last week, we asked you the following question. What was the first Major League team to hit four consecutive home runs in one inning? Four consecutive home runs in one inning. What team was it and what date and who were the players? Well, the first team to hit four consecutive home runs in one inning was the Milwaukee Braves on my birthday in 1961, June 8th, 1961. It was at Crosley Field. The Reds pitchers were Jim Maloney for the first two homers, and then he got yanked, and Marshall Bridges came in and put gasoline onto the fire by giving up two more. The four Braves who hit consecutive home runs that day were Eddie Matthews, Henry Aaron, Joe Adcock, and Frank Thomas. All right, here's the question for next week. We're going to keep this on a positive roll. What team in Major League Baseball history won the most consecutive games in a single season? What was the team? How long was their winning streak? And what year did it occur? Okay, that's it for this week's show. We want to thank you for coming by. We have one more regular season episode of Free Baseball. That will be either next Friday if the pennant races have all been decided, or if it goes into the weekend's play, it will be a week from Monday. See you then. The Free Baseball Podcast is brought to you by Black Range Publishing producers of the Gabe McKenna Mystery Series 
and the Black Grange Pub podcast. You can find us at www.blackrangepublishing.com. Free baseball can also be found at the following podcast platforms, Buzzsprout, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Audible. Come back and enjoy free baseball every Friday. I'm your host, Robert Cadera. Thanks for stopping by. See you next week. Mm-hmm.